Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Peoria Unified's Progress Report. If you've listened to Trending Peoria in the past, this series is a little bit different than some of the things you'll hear over there. While during Trending Peoria, we talk a lot about the why behind public education and what we do every day, over here on Progress Report, we'll get a little bit more into the meat of some of our bigger projects, whether that be an update with our strategic plan or information about a bond initiative or our facilities and master planning program. This is just a different space that allows us to dig a little deeper into some of that work. This fall, we entered the restart and rebuild stage of our strategic plan. This reimagined plan will span three to five years and position Peoria Unified as a national leader in pre-K through 12 education. The plan centers around four strategic perspectives, just like before, student learning, safety and well-being, community connectedness, and stewardship of resources are still at the core of this plan, which is why it's just a refreshed and reimagined plan and not something completely new here in Peoria Unified. The strategic perspectives allow us to focus our work and make sure that every project we propose and work on is helping us to meet our goals. Like a traditional strategic plan, we have four mission priorities, which are the overwhelming cause behind what we're doing and kind of help us to propel forward through the plan each year. These mission priorities are safe and welcoming schools, facilities master planning program, redesign community connectedness, and comprehensive funds and resource management program. Those also tie directly to our strategic perspectives. However, something that's a little unique about our strategic plan, and unlike a lot of others you may hear about, we have these four transformation drivers. And these transformation drivers are really what brings our plan to life and allows us to adjust our perspective a little bit to make sure that in each of these projects, not only are we propelling into the future, but we're also elevating the work that we're doing. So these transformation drivers that you'll hear about a little more as we talk about our strategic plan include leadership and organizational development, workforce modernization, data leadership, and IT modernization. For example, our work with leadership and organizational development and workforce modernization, these are the programs and the tools that will allow us to have the right employees in the right places to ensure that we meet the needs of our students and the goals of these projects. Whereas the data leadership and IT modernization are going to make sure we have the correct resources in those places and that we're using all the data we have at our fingertips to make the best data-driven solutions and decisions for our students and employees every day. Today, I am joined by our superintendent, Dr. Jason Reynolds, as we discuss the status of our strategic plan and what our community can look forward to in the coming years. If you haven't heard too much about our strategic plan before, you can always head over to Trending Peoria where we have our refreshed and reimagined strategic planning episode that kind of talks about how we got to this point as well as some of the work that has already been completed. Hello and welcome back, Dr. Reynolds. Last time we had you on one of our podcasts, we spoke a little bit about the strategic plan and how it was in this process of being reimagined for this new world that we're living in post-pandemic. Do you have any major updates you would like to start off by sharing with us about the strategic plan and where it is right now? 
Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me to be part of this. Uh, it is a really uh, exciting time in Peoria, and to have this medium to be able to to communicate with is uh, it's it's a real blessing for us as a school district. So, thank you for all your work that you do with this. Yeah, I mean, we've our strategic plan uh, is uh, almost complete. We are ready to take it to our governing board. We've done a, a ton of work since the last time we spoke. Um, our teams have been really hard at work uh, coordinating our efforts so that we are working efficiently and effectively at not only providing uh, an outstanding learning environment for our students in the middle of a pandemic, but also using our resources responsibly to recover from the disruption to learning that our students have experienced uh, and also look to the future as we become the leader in pre-K-12 education in the state of Arizona. Definitely. And I think one thing that you brought up and is just I feel one of the most important parts of our strategic plan is it's not to just take us on this gradual growth and incline that we've been on for years and years and years, but it's to exceed some of that and to exceed our expectations for ourselves and to kind of raise that bar and to meet our students where they are coming out of this pandemic, um, but also to just meet the needs of our community and make sure that we are doing what they expect us to be doing and serving our students in that way. I know that you and cabinet have done a lot to gain feedback from our community. What are some of the things we've been doing to gather feedback to make sure that this plan is kind of on the right track with what everyone is expecting of it? Well, for, you know, first of all, our teams uh, across the district have spent a tremendous amount of time reflecting on, on where we've been and, and where we are right now. Uh, we've had leaders come together, as you mentioned, to, to reimagine the learning experiences that we provide our students and, and how we're going to reset our strategic plan so that we are able to focus our energy and resources on fulfill, fulfilling our promise to our community that every one of our students, uh, when they leave us, is going to be prepared to, to shape their tomorrow. So we have taken our... Uh, the, the various drafts of our plan along the way to a variety of stakeholder groups uh, that's, that has taken place over the last few months. Uh, we have presented to our governing board. We have, um, I've presented to our Peoria Education Foundation. We've had parent focus groups. We've talked with our administrators. We've done a community questionnaire. Um, I've, I have talked with a variety of student groups. Uh, all the way to our uh, stakeholder advisory and even our, our Peoria Unified Faith Council. So we have done a great deal to, uh, to seek feedback, to seek input, uh, and make sure that uh, as we ask for that conceptual approval from our governing board, that, that we have a variety of, of uh, perspectives to be able to, to inform our, our plan as we, as we have created it. Definitely. And I know with all of those groups, they have different priorities and goals in mind for this plan. And everyone you talk to, they kind of have their own perception of what this plan should look like. Um, has there been maybe some reoccurring themes that you're hearing when you're gathering this feedback um, or anything like that? Well, 
You know, much of the feedback that we have received uh, from our, our district stakeholders is, is more at the project level. I think overall, the general sense is that when we think about the concepts, when we look at our mission priorities, and when we look at the transformation drivers that we've established to help uh, guide our thinking and help us ask questions around uh, our mission priorities, there's a general consensus that we are absolutely on the right track. There's We've received a, a tremendous amount of feedback, again, at at that project-based level. And so that's wonderful. That's helped shape our thinking uh, and helped us prioritize areas of focus. Um, the important thing for, I think, for all of our community to understand is that the strategic plan does not, it doesn't represent everything that we are doing. It's a, it's a plan that guides us it guides the work we do. It guides our thinking from a district-wide perspective, uh, as well as shapes the work that our schools are, are empowered to do. So it really becomes kind of the, the guardrail for us uh, as we as we focus on uh, much of what we we just we just talked about and becoming the uh, the the state leader in PK twelve education. Uh, it is absolutely a foundation that we continue to stand on and build on and it's going to it's going to be a, a critical part to making sure that our schools are meeting the needs of our individual communities right and i i love that you bring up that it's not necessarily it, it it's a guide it's a plan it's a kind of high level overview and it's not necessarily an instruction guide like we're going to do step one, step two, step three. It's more of just those guardrails that help inform those big projects we having we have coming up and make sure that we are on the right track and meeting the needs of our community over that three to five years that this plan will be in place. Yeah, as I, as I have presented uh, the various uh, steps uh, of this plan to our teachers and principals, support staff, students and parents, uh, there, there is an overall agreement in that big picture and uh, the wonderful feedback that we've had on our projects uh, and those projects are, gonna, are going to be the important pieces on how we get there. But you're right, this is a, a high level look uh, that uh, will inform our thinking, inform our decision making as, as we continue to, to make changes for the future. Right. And, and also with this too, I know I'm coming off of a pandemic. We've had a lot of changes in our world lately too. And so part of this work, there will be some changes, but it's not anything that is an overly large departure. Our, our mission priorities remain the same. Our strategic perspectives that we look at everything through are staying the same. So for our community, as much as it may sound like there is a lot of change going on, it's just a lot of refinement of what we're doing and figuring out ways to do it better going forward. Yeah, you know, we it was important uh, to to me as a superintendent uh, to build on the foundation uh, that has uh, already been created by some really outstanding people and leaders um, in our school district. So um, our, our mission, our vision, our perspectives all remain the same. That is going to, uh, that, that is what we are, again, building on rather than, than changing. Uh, where we really focused our attention is on our five mission priorities and our four transformation drivers. Uh, and that is getting down. And it, 
it's getting down into resetting what uh, the work we do and, and what we're going to be focused on as we, as we look to the next three to five years. Definitely. And uh, for myself as an alumni, I'm going to date myself for a moment, but when I was a student, my, our mission for Peoria Unified was that every student every day would be prepared to meet tomorrow. And that changed with a previous strategic plan to being able to shape tomorrow. And so it's some of those just kind of cultural shifts too, that are going to happen that just kind of allow us to build upon what we already have, like you mentioned. Um, With our strategic plan, I know you're still going around to some of those employee chats and meeting with employee groups and still gaining some feedback, but what do those next steps look like for our strategic plan? Where is it right now and what can our community look forward to? Uh, The next steps will be to really spend a a good deal of time focusing on some of the the projects that we've identified and making sure that we have the resources available to accomplish them, that uh, they fit uh, in uh, conjunction with other projects within the district and that we're not working against each other, but that we are working together to accomplish our common goals. Amazing. And um, before I forget, do you mind telling our listeners what those transformation drivers that you mentioned earlier are, as well as those mission priorities? Yeah. So the the five, you know, always start from from our mission priorities. And these are our, our areas of focus. It's it's kind of it's like identifying the big picture areas that are really important to the work that we do and important to our community. So when you think of our mission priorities, um, we look at areas like reimagining our teaching and learning program. Uh, we focus on making sure that we have safe and welcoming schools for all of our, our families, our students, uh, and our staff. Uh, the third that area where we focus on is facility master planning, making sure that uh, we look to the future and that we are being responsible with the, the, uh, the facilities we have and that we're utilizing them in the very best uh, ways that um, they are identified for us. We, we look at um, really focusing in on how we continue to connect with our community. And then kind of that, that, that floor, the foundation is making sure that uh, our resource management program uh, is responsible. Uh, it is, uh, it's fiscally responsible and it, um, and that we're utilizing all of the resources that our taxpayers trust us with um, in, a, in a very um, effective and efficient and responsible way. The, so then the transformation drivers, those are those areas that really force us to ask questions uh, and get us to our intended, our intended outcomes. Um, we've got four transformation drivers that help shape our thinking. And we, um, we use uh, things like leadership and organizational development, uh, workforce modernization and sustainability, data leadership and management, and then lastly, IT modernization. So when you think of, if you use an example like our first mission priority, which of course is teaching and learning, and what that is going to look like uh, as we move forward, you know, you can take a transformation driver like IT modernization and say, what are the tools we are going to need in order to make sure that we are creating an engaging, rigorous, and safe learning environment for all of our students? So that's how those two come together and, and really drive the thinking. Definitely. And I 
something that um, you kind of alluded to in all of those things, they're all things that we're already doing that we are already trying to be as fiscally responsible with all of the resources we are given. We are already constantly working with the Department of Education to make sure our curriculum is the best it can be for our students. And so a lot of these projects, it's not necessarily starting from scratch or starting from nowhere. It's just looking at them in a more strategic way that aligns with the rest of our plan and the feedback we've received from our community, correct? Yeah, you know, a strategic, again, as we, it's important that, um, uh, it was important to me that we use a term like resetting our plan rather than completely rebuilding a plan. Uh, the, you know, when you, you brought up a, a really great point, uh, our mission priorities, those are no different than the work that we have done over the last decades in Peoria Unified. Um, what our strategic plan does is exactly what you said. It organizes our thinking. It makes sure that, that as we look at the projects we need to complete, uh, that we are doing it in an effective and an efficient manner so that we are all moving in the same direction and in one direction rather than uh, you know, pushing and pulling each other in a variety of different directions. So it really requires, uh, and this plan specifically, really requires that, uh, that, uh, that we break down the silos, that we break down the walls and we work with each other to make sure that we are providing uh, what our community expects of us. Definitely. And I am really grateful that you bring up that idea of we're not going to be doing this work in silos. And um, even you can see in how this plan was created and worked on. It wasn't done in a silo. It was teams coming together, constant feedback throughout the process, because the issues I may perceive as a parent at one school versus what a teacher deals with at a different school. Those are two very different things, but those concerns are equally valid. And so making sure we have that consistent feedback and that we're all coming together to make these decisions and to work on these projects is really what's going to make it successful in the long run and sustainable. You know, one of the things that's really important uh, to me is the the leader of our, our school district is that as we make decisions, uh, we always make student-centered, data-based and shared decisions. Uh, and when I mention shared decisions, it's we talk about shared decisions. It really is getting the right people in the room uh, and making sure that the people who are most impacted by a decision have, have voice in that decision. And so as we have developed this plan, it's been really important. You know, we did not, we did not uh, send our curriculum and instruction department out to create a plan around reimagining teaching and learning. We brought a variety of people together uh, outside of that department, working um, uh, collaboratively to make sure that we're we're trying to address the needs uh, of all of our stakeholders. So it's been a, a cornerstone of this plan to to go out and make sure that um, uh, we've we've gotten some great feedback and and that we have the right people uh, in the room uh, helping us in that shared decision making process. 100%. And I think something you've brought up before, and you've brought it up in relation to student achievement, is instead of 
pushing students to be their best. We're pulling them alongside us and pulling them to help them kind of have more power and feel more empowered in that position of learning. And I think that's something you can kind of see here too, where we're working on this plan and it's a lot to think about. It's a, it's a big plan. It's three to five years worth of work. And so instead of just like kind of going from behind and saying, okay, everyone got to go and kind of pushing them to do this thing. We have been pulling in key stakeholders throughout to make sure that they're, they're kind of coming alongside us to help propel this and make sure that it is well-rounded and it does represent the needs of everyone and not just one particular group's thinking. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. An effective uh, strategic plan, uh, an effective process is not one where, um, you know, one person or one group, uh, as you said, pushes people towards a, a, an outcome or a goal. It's one where there is buy-in and that uh, is developed by the people that are going to be most impacted by this so that they can help lead and we can, we can both push and pull uh, and and be more effective in uh, in our 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 plan and be more effective in our our uh, intended outcomes. One hundred percent. And it kind of, um, especially when you're talking about like leadership development, I think with this process too, you, there's been a lot of people who maybe weren't necessarily thinking of themselves as a leader who have felt more, and they've gone from this kind of stressed place or a place where they were unmotivated to really feeling empowered to lead in some of this work and then to get their peers around them excited about it too, as we continue to move forward. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share with our community about the status of our strategic plan or anything about it in particular and its formation or anything like that? Well, you know, First of all, I want to thank everyone who has come out to, you know, parent forums, who've been part of the meetings, who have, who have come and listened to me uh, and, and John Gay present this information and provided that feedback because without, without their input, without their involvement, uh, this plan would not be um, the, as effective as, as I know it's going to be. Um, as I mentioned, uh, John Gay, our our chief technology and operations officer uh, has been the the absolute leader uh, in this area. When when he took this project over, when I asked him to come forward and really take kind of the vision that I have for for the future and 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 work with the teams to to bring it to fruition inside this plan, um, he he stepped forward um, with a. Um, with an enthusiasm that it can only be described as as uh, as John Gay, and without his leadership, it's, we would not be here today. And of course, uh, his time with us is is coming to an end. So, if I could just take this opportunity to publicly thank him uh, and wish him the very best as he heads off into uh, retirement, um, he is an exceptional leader and an even better human being. So we thank him for his work. But I also, want, again, just want to reiterate to our community that this strategic plan um, is, is never going to be done. Um, it is something that we will constantly be reviewing and adapting and changing as we, as we are faced with uh, an ever-changing world. 
Um, it will, it's, we're going to need to make changes based on uh, educational funding, on the needs that arise out of this pandemic. And, and as we work on projects and, and we address different issues and we get better at each and everything um, that we focus on, we're going to need to constantly be reviewing this and making sure that it, that it continues to, to meet the needs of our entire community. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the work uh, that we have done. And I really, I'm, I'm just incredibly excited to, to get moving on implementing uh, this plan and, and really start diving in and working on our, the projects that, that we have prioritized. Well, and it, it's so exciting too. some of the things that are coming And that last part was definitely spoken as a true educator, being always prepared to monitor and adjust no matter how Absolutely. things may go. Exactly right. Whether you're a teacher in the classroom uh, or whether you're a, a superintendent, um, it is absolutely important that we continue to to monitor and just and make sure that each and every day we're providing an outstanding environment for our, our students and staff. Definitely. Well, thank you again, Jason, for joining us and kind of talking through the strategic plan. I know a lot of things have changed with it and a lot of things have also remained the same over the last few months. So I appreciate you coming by and giving our community a little update about some of the things going on with the plan. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It is it is just a, an absolute joy and privilege to, to be the superintendent of Pure Radio 5. As Dr. Reynolds mentioned, over the last several months, district leaders have met with stakeholders to discuss the plan and gather feedback. I am also joined by Eric Stone, the principal of Park Ridge Elementary School, who served as a facilitator at one of our parent engagement forums. We're going to discuss a little bit about the feedback he heard and some of the things he's hopeful for in regards to this plan. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Peoria Unified's Progress Report. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about a recent parent engagement forum that we held regarding our strategic plan. And I am joined by a principal of Park Ridge Elementary School, Mr. Eric Stone. Welcome, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. How are you? Good. Well, to get started, do you mind by sharing a little bit about your experience at our parent engagement forum? I know you were one of the facilitators of one of our small groups that we had. Yeah, definitely. Um, we started, you know, with a great introduction from our superintendent, Dr. Reynolds, and that led into um, John Gay presenting our strategic plan to those that were in attendance uh, in a shortened version. Um, and so it was good to hear the progression of that as then we led into small breakouts where uh, there was another person with me who was note-taking as I asked questions of the parent groups. And so we worked through these questions, um, getting their feedback and, and their insight uh, to these questions. Yeah, and those small groups, they were made up of parents kind of all throughout our district. And then also that strategic plan is a presentation that um, we've kind of given all over the place to other employee groups and things like that. Um, when you were talking through the plan with your parent group and kind of processing through that presentation, were there any major trends you started to see? Or I know you had parents from all throughout the district. Were they saying a lot of the similar things as each other? Yeah, it was, it was actually really unique um, to sit with groups of parents from different schools, uh, not ones that I was familiar with, 
but those who are involved in, in what our district is doing and helping educate their students every day. So I had um, families or, or parents from Country Meadows and Apache, two very different schools, uh, but very involved uh, parent groups that wanted to just help find ways to be better. Um, some of the trends that I noticed were both, both groups of, of parents um, or community members were very positive about what our teachers and schools are doing for their kids. Uh, and what was kind of the highlight for me was the, the fact that they had um, some solutions to offer as opposed to, you know, we want to hear the criticism to get better, That, but they brought solutions to some of the questions that they had around the topics that we talked about. So knowing that there are parents out there working to help support us, it's always great to bring that work together with the parents and then help kind of create a plan of what that improvement looks like as we move through. Definitely. And I think one really great thing that you bring up with that too, is that, I mean, Country Meadows and Apache, they do have very different communities that surround them. Um, Apache is known for having a really great gifted program and things like that, or as Country Meadows, they're one of, if not our largest elementary school and their problems and some of the things that they face on a daily basis just look a lot different than Apaches would. Um, but that both kind of groups of parents were coming together to not just maybe complain. Cause I know, especially over the last year with the pandemic, there's a lot of things that you could be frustrated with, but kind of having solutions and being ready to get involved with whatever those changes may be to benefit their students the best that they can. Correct. So when we're looking at our strategic plan, we have mission priorities, we have these strategic perspectives, and we have all different things that we are trying to accomplish in the next three to five years, focusing around community connection, stewardship of community resources, um, student learning, and safety and well-being of our students. So if you don't mind, if we could just kind of go through some of those different mission priorities and talk about some of the things you heard and some of the observations you've either had as a principal or just, again, things that you heard during that parent forum. So to get started, what was some of the feedback that you were hearing regarding um, our community connection part of our plan, which relates to how we communicate with our community and some aspects like that? Yeah, so it, it's we, we've grown a lot in that area. Even me as a principal uh, administrator going on year 14, I've watched this develop into the social media world. Uh, and how do we communicate with that fa our families? Because obviously community connection is one of the biggest things of, of what we wanna do to promote student success, right? Um, my message to my community is always that the student success is greater when we are all involved together. Um, and that doesn't mean we always agree upon things, but as long as we're working towards the same goal of creating or, or helping students find success, we can do that uh, in a much better way collaboratively, right? Um, so it's good to hear from, from both of these school communities that they felt like our, our reach out to parents is improving. Um, the one thing that they were really uh, appreciative of was the new text message version of what we use as, a, as administrator in school messaging. Uh, definitely helps parents get to know that there's a message available quicker than maybe checking an email or going on to a social media site. They, they do also um, did agree upon the fact that 
social media is, is changing quickly and, you know, all of our schools utilize Facebook, um, but, you know, our families are out there in, in very different ways, some with Instagram or some with Twitter, and then a lot without any of it as they felt it's just cumbersome on their lifestyle. And so uh, the, the school messenger and the website were, were talked a lot about as their key tools for communication from their school site. Yeah. And those tools, like you mentioned too, are ever changing. And I think it's something um, really important and that we strive to do, which is integrating that communication in their everyday life. Um, So it is, it's good to hear that some of those things like the text messaging are going off really well, but that there are still areas that we can certainly improve on. um, And we are hoping to do that with this new plan as well. Um, One of the other things you and your group talked about was our stewardship of community resources. And that kind of refers to how our tax dollars are being spent, what areas they wish we would spend a little more or a little less money in. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that conversation? Yeah, you know, having the two very different community groups there, it was good to hear them talk about the specific needs at their site. Um, We know when we present um, large numbers of of data or talking about uh, money to be spent, it's often looked at, the district just kind of chooses what they want to do. But uh, as parents who are serving on site councils now, they start to realize um, how schools can manage some of that. Uh, And so they were really focused on what could benefit their school and their students and their community, uh, which is truly what, what our parents uh, are best at, right? I mean, it is the, the community they live in. Uh, they want what's best for their kids. And, and when we talk about the taxpayer dollar and staff compensation or facility maintenance, when, when we talk about some of the examples as those two or technology investments, they, they felt like there's a need for all of it um, and, and hope that we continue to be transparent in what we're doing and, and how to get the money to the areas that it's needed. Yeah. And I think something too, I mean, Apache and Country Meadows, they're both schools that are about the same age, at least building wise. And so they might have some of those same needs, but I also know for our community, a lot of times, you know, when we're going out for a bond initiative, our schools in the Southern part of our district have slightly more needs. And so that, that urgency and that need for some of those initiatives are more felt in those areas of our community. Um, But that transparency that you bring up, I think is so important going forward, Um, not just with how we spend our money, but some of the things we're doing in our classroom um, and things like that. Were there any other big standouts from that conversation you had regarding our resources and how good of stewards we are? Um, You know, they talked about, the uh, professional development days and how they understand it's important to continue to train our teachers and train them with the resources as our district has invested in new resources or curriculum over the last few years uh, and, and really the first time in, in a long time. And so they understand that day and how it's, it's truly betters the teachers in, in the classrooms with their students. So. Yeah. And I think, um, those days too, I mean, just like some of the things we've talked about so far in our conversation, I think, 
the more transparent we're able to be about what we do on those professional development days, the more community buy-in we continue to get. So some of those big purchases we've made with curriculum and things like that, they really um, reinforce that need, but also we're then talking about them a little more in our community. Um, Switching gears a little bit, we can talk a little more about teaching and learning. How do our parents feel? Are we giving our students the right rigor of our curriculum? Did they think it needed to be more or less rigorous? How did, what were they saying? Well, it was, it was interesting to hear as each parent had a little bit different uh, insight to this based off of their specific children. One might've been uh, accelerated and maybe they felt like the challenge wasn't really there initially. Um, and now that this one is in high school, they, they see the opportunity for, um, classes that are more challenging and, and specific to likes of their students, where others, the one mom didn't even realize that there was gifted academy on the, the campus at Apache um, in the sense of specific to just those with, with gifted. And I think that comes from the leadership there continuing to develop teachers with good instructional strategies. And we know gifted teaching is good for all kids. And so Um, She hadn't realized that there were specific classes for just gifted kids because she felt like they were getting the best of all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I just kind of, you know, tip my hat to Apache doing the the best that they can, uh, helping their teachers develop. But then on the flip side, uh, one of the moms spoke specifically about um, one of the students she knew on an IEP and how she really felt like that was challenging her kid to a level that wasn't a frustration because we know sometimes kids with special needs um, have that higher level of frustration depending on the work they're doing. Uh, and so they were excited to know that as they send their kids to their local schools, that it's doing what we expect it to do to challenge our kids, to think critically, um, and to really prepare for that 21st century learning uh, that, are, that our district is working towards. Yeah. And did um, they offer like any ways we could maybe be doing better um, in regards to our classroom learning and what that experience looks like for our students? You know, they talked about how do you ability group kids. um, And and as a site-based administrator, I just kind of talked about what that looks like at a campus. You know, if if you're at a school with, with 400 kids, it's probably a little harder to ability group where if you had a thousand kids, it's, it's a little bit easier, but that we know that's something we talk with our teachers a lot about is that differentiated instruction that kind of meets those needs of ability grouping kids based off of their overall education ability. Yeah. And that kind of differentiated learning, it really does. It meets students where their needs are, and then they will start to challenge each other. And maybe some of that frustration that they would have traditionally had would go away and it makes them not more excited, but more ready to learn and to take on those challenges in certain ways. Um, Switching gears yet again, I know um, the last couple of years we have really invested in making sure our schools are the safest place possible for students to learn. And I know we've invested a lot in the way of training and maybe even at our high schools, especially how our front offices are set up and just we've done a lot of work to make sure as our world changes, so do our schools, so they continue to be safe and welcoming places for our students to learn. What is the general feeling that our parents have regarding some of those changes? I know a lot of time we get a lot of 
really mixed messages. And so what was that feedback like at your table? Yeah, so the parents kind of talked about the differences on their campuses or where their kids go. And um, one mom compared the high school setup of our front offices compared to the elementaries. And she felt like the high school entrances were much more safe for her kids and staff as opposed to the elementaries, right? Um, and we kind of talked about that inviting environment that we're trying to create while we provide safety of it. Um, they've recognized that they've gone to some locked doors that have to be buzzed through. Um, and it definitely builds layers that, that help protect our, our, our students and our staff. And so they like that. Um, they, they, they were concerned that we didn't have cameras on the elementary campus like we do on the high school campuses. Um, and I just kind of shared that we know that's a, a future endeavor of ours. We know it's an extra layer of protection um, and more specifically for like after hours things um, on the weekends and whatnot, but uh, they, they want to continue to see it be developed. Uh, and then of course, communicate it as, as schools practice these types of drills that we work on to pr keep our students safe. Um, sometimes they felt like the kids came home and talked about it, but the parents weren't aware of it. And so we talked about uh, planned versions and, and how that could uh, be communicated with our communities that, hey, this week, this is what we're going to practice, as opposed to trying to put it on a specific day and time that allows everyone to know. It really then loses its, its, its thought of we're practicing uh, for scenarios that we don't know are going to happen. Yeah. And when I think you bring up a really good point with that is these drills do still need to be kind of um, organic, but also we need to have that communication with our parents, because I know, especially with how our world has changed and how some of those drills are different, especially maybe at our high school levels, that there's a certain level of anxiety a student could have with going through through those drills but allowing them to open up that dialogue with their families at home and why they're important and why we do those things. Um, and I think it just, again, it adds to that transparency we're trying to build between us and our community and our families, especially. Um, and I also really love to this idea that we're trying to strike a balance, right? Between what is a welcoming school and what is a safe school. And at an elementary school, that may look very, very different than at our high school campuses right. because the needs of our students are so much different. Um, is there anything else that your parents were either really excited about of some of the things that were mentioned during our plan. I know um, we're talking about revamping our volunteer program and some things around that. Was there anything in particular that stood out um, regarding that? Yeah, really. I, uh, the interesting piece there is the word um, that kind of stood out to me was the one mom loved the fact that we finally uh, are fingerprinting and, and putting together a clearance process for all of our volunteers. They had moved from a, a district um, out of state that it was already done there. And she was kind of um, shocked a little bit when that was not the process at this campus. And so uh, we know as, as we have people on our campus working with our students and staff, we want them to be uh, of, of those that are supporting us. And so this process really allows um, our teachers and our administrators to ensure that uh, we have the best people on campus, uh, those family members uh, or those outside volunteers that have just been cleared and checked so we know that the campus is safe with all people on campus. 
Definitely. Um, all right. I only have a couple more questions for you, Eric. We're going to power through and we're going to speed round a little bit. Um, were there anything in particular that you just felt by hearing it, it reassured maybe a lot of your thinking around the strategic plan? I know your perspective as a principal and as a parent, those are two very different things that kind of collide in your life a lot. Was there anything that you either just really stood out and reassured you about kind of this next path forward we're taking as a district. Yeah, yeah, I have three kids in the district at three different schools. I live in the boundaries. I could actually ride the bus to work every day. <laughs> um, and so hearing these parents share that the love to be involved, right? Um, I go back to what some I said earlier in, the, in our conversation that the more our parents are engaged in what we're doing every day, the greater the success our students, their, their child and our student can have uh, in this process of educating kids every day. And, and these four ladies, um, th that was like what exuded from them the whole time was we wanna be involved. We wanna help make it better for teachers. What can they do to help? Because in the end, the better teachers, the more happy teachers they have, the better their kids are, are developing and learning in the PUSD system. Uh, and so that, that was truly um, joyful for me because I am a parent. Uh, like I said, I got three kids on three campuses and, and that's what I want for, for them every day. And to hear that there's parents who wanna be engaged um, and have joined other committees at their school to help, right? We know that this is um, the village creation of, of educating kids. It doesn't just come by one teacher or one administrator or one librarian or office lady, right? It comes from all of us collectively working together to promote the biggest success for students every day. And so it was just a great feeling walking away from that night going, this is still the right work for kids every day. And these are the people that we want around our kids helping us do the best that we can in educating students. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really, really great point. And it's that none of this happens in a silo. And I think these feedback and forums that we're doing, and I know we're going to continue gathering feedback from the strategic plan during employee chats and site council meetings, is that none of these decisions are made in a silo for the exact reason that they don't affect just one person or the person who's making them. And it, it really is affecting everyone. And so the more buy-in we can get, the more collaboration and feedback, it really does allow us to make sure that we are making those right decisions for our students and that whatever those next steps going forward, they're going to make a lasting impact that helps prepare our students for whatever happens after high school when they enter college and career. Before I let you go, is there anything else you kind of want to share with our community about the strategic plan or what your experience was um, facilitating and being a part of some of this work regarding the strategic plan? Yeah, you know, being involved is key. Um, and you have to spend a little bit extra time to do so. And so my suggestion is continue to follow along with board meetings, um, take part in, in these parent forums or engagement forums because voices are being heard. Uh, what I've noticed over the last few years with Dr. Reynolds stepping in the door as our superintendent is that he's truly helping cultivate schools to be 
involved with their community and, and the specifics of that community is we have, you know, over 40 schools, they're all very unique. Uh, and so the better that we know our communities based off of parent feedback and parent voices, the better we can service our kids. And at the end of the day, I think that's everyone's goal is to uh, provide a top-notch education uh, to each one of our students in the Pure, Pure Unified School District. I could not agree with you more. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today to talk a little bit about this forum and some of that parent feedback we've been gaining. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Sarah. You too. As you've heard throughout this episode, there's so many components to the strategic plan and there's so much work to be got done over the next three to five years. It's important to note that all of this work helps align to our mission and vision as a school district, as well as our superintendent's goals of creating safe and welcoming schools, continuing to make data-driven decisions, ensuring that every student and employee is known, valued, and cared for, and that we continue to do the best we can to become not only a leader in education here within Peoria, but also nationwide.